In the entirety of history, only 12 people have ever made it to the moon. It takes years of training, dedication, and even if you make it through every loophole, you still may not be selected for a final mission. In 1970, three men had finally passed all of these checkpoints, trainings, and health screenings, and were finally chosen to become the next to step foot on Earth's moon. Or so they thought. This is Based, Biased, or BS. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the show where two best friends tell one true story. My name is Maddie. And I'm Zach. And this is Based, Biased, or BS. You betcha. Back again for another week. Bet that bottom dollar. It's us. We won't stop. So we reach bop to the top. Okay. All right. <laughs> They're going to sue us. Trademarked. <laughs> Trademarked. Did you ever watch that High School Musical series? No, but every, on the topic? every single voice student I've ever had has. Let me tell oh. you. It was for the generation below. Yeah, not us. Okay, not for us. Not for us. But you know what Speaking is for of... us? Oh, what? what's not for us? What? I didn't actually have a segue. I thought I did, and then I looked <laughs> at what was on my computer, and it says not what I thought it was going to say. <laughs> no segue. Well, I was going to say, speaking of a generation above us, yeah, this movie was kind of that. Agreed. (laughs) That was my segue. It wasn't good either. It wasn't good either. Well, but it did come out in 1995, so. 1995, yeah. The movie we're talking about? What is it? Apollo 13. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it is. You read the title of this podcast episode. You know what it is. It's Apollo 13. Yeah, just making sure for people who maybe are just listeners and not readers. True. That's definitely a person who there could be out there. And probably someone who that is would love podcasts. So welcome to our show. This is a show where one of us n- has watched the movie. And we the did other that. One of we us... did that. We, we just did that. Did that. Okay. <laughs> well, you might be confused. <laughs> Okay, get to the fucking film facts, please. Okay, some film facts. So, <laughs> Apollo 13. First yes. debut in 1995. It was directed okay. by Ron Howard. And it starred some big names. Give them that to I, me. That I might pronounce wrong. Okay. Not this one, though. Tom okay. Hanks. Okay. Kevin Bacon. I love me some bacon. Bill Paxton. Question mark. <laughs> Ed Harris. Okay. Who's hey. that? <laughs> I knew him when I saw okay. him. <laughs> I have to admit, for like starting a There's one more. about films, we don't we know are anything. So bad. <laughs> we don't know anything. That's why you're on this journey with us, listener, is we are learning with you. And the last guy's name is Gary Sinise or Sinise or Sinise. I really couldn't tell you. Okay. Heard. But I tried I've to never look heard it up. Yeah, well, I feel like we should. <laughs> anyway, um, so Ron Howard went to some great... In future episodes, we should probably like look Know at how people. to say the names. I know, we well, should. <laughs> not to call you out. 
<laughs> I was thinking more like I should probably look at faces because faces are more what I know. Yeah. Names, unless it's fucking Tom Hanks. I, I don't have, know why I'm swearing so much. I'm sorry. I have to confess something about the last episode. Okay. Confess There's, it. Who's the mustached person that you're like, oh, they don't have a mustache. And I was like, oh, yeah. It's a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who we were talking about. I don't know who we were talking about. I faked it. Okay. I faked it. <laughs> I like in my heart of hearts I knew but I didn't want to call you out Sam Watterson I the reason I thought maybe she would know I'm talking about you in the third person now is because um Grace and Frankie I think he was one of the gay men on that the taller one with the mustache he didn't have a mustache in that maybe he just doesn't have a mustache and I made (laughs) that up but now okay, that I but know we can both admit is. we don't know. No, people. now I do. Now that you've said Grace and Frankie, ding, 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 went the bell. I knew you watched that. So I, I that's why I was like, maybe she does know. <laughs> um, I had okay. to confess move, it. We have to move on. It was a week we long. Okay, on. yeah. We've been, so, we spent too many, too much time on our weaknesses. Let's get to our, <laughs> let's get to our strengths. Yes. And that for me is talking about Ron Howard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so. Ron Howard went to some very extreme lengths to create a technically accurate movie. He employed NASA's assistance in astronaut and flight controller training for his cast and obtained permission to film scenes aboard a reduced gravity aircraft for realistic depiction of the weightlessness experienced by the astronauts in space, which, not to get ahead of myself, but... That was, I, as I was reading that about that, I was like, oh yeah, it really did seem legit. Like they were. Okay. That's, I love that you brought that up because not once in my research did I think of, did I even think about the weightlessness part of it all. Right. And he did it so well that I didn't think of it until I read that. Yeah. But you saw it. Yeah. Love it. On top of that, it was nominated for nine Academy Awards, including Best Picture. Okay. Um, and it won for best film editing and best sound, which <laughs> the sound. <laughs> the sound. I was having what about it? Visceral reactions to this. Okay, movie. I'm glad though because I was having visceral reactions when I was doing my research. It like really got to me in a weird yeah. way that I haven't experienced. Like, I'll tell you, I have another confession, and it's about this movie, but I'll talk about that later. Okay. But um, the last one that I found kind of fascinating is that Ed Harris was nominated for Best Actor in a Supporting Role. He was the white team flight director, Gene Kranz. So the guy okay. down in the, the main man on, on the floor. Yeah. Okay. And he lost to fellow castmate Kevin Spacey for his role in a different movie, which came out the same year. Called the Usual Suspects. Oh. So, Ed Harris Kevin was Spacey was in was Apollo it? Thirteen. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't. Oh, that was the name you bleeped out. Well, just got quiet on, right? Did I get quiet what? on Kevin? No, that was Gar- Don't make me say it. It was not oh. Kevin Space. Kevin. I'm sorry. It was not Kevin Bacon. Wait. Wait oh my you god. Said Kevin Bacon. I think my brain saw Kevin and then made Kevin Bacon and Kevin Spacey one person. (laughs) 
<laughs> Who's in this fucking movie, Maddie? <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Okay, Kevin, Kevin Bacon. Bacon, not Kevin Got Spacey. It. Okay. So ignore I'm that. There. Fact. That's not I'm a fact. The- that was a. That was two truths and a lie, and that was the lie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I asked because I was like, wait, Kevin Spacey. Okay, we're there. We're there. Tom Hanks, Kevin Spacey, Ed Harris, Be- Bill Paxton, and a man on Earth, and Bill Paxton. Got it. We're yeah. there. <laughs> we're sorry, and we're there. I'm embarrassed. It's okay. Let's keep going. Keep going. That's it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> God. Okay, welcome to the Clunky Clunk Show. It's okay. We're allowed to make mistakes. Speaking of mistakes, Mm -hmm. when I chose this movie, I chose it for one fact alone. Well, kind of two. One fact that we'll get to a little bit later that I knew about the movie and I knew about how it related to real life. And that's why I chose it. But also I was like, oh, space. We haven't been there yet. We haven't. Um, we, we haven't gone to the final frontier, so let let me take us there. Okay. I knew nothing about what I had chosen for a topic. I did not know what I was getting into, and I guess I should have known because it's history. It's already happened. It's not a spoiler alert, but I did not know. I didn't know either. I'm glad. We both had that experience of like... I thought this was, let's go to the moon. We go to the moon and we're on the moon. Congratulations for us. And we come back to fanfare and baby, baby. No, that's no. not what we have that's here. If you're happened. in the boat with us of not knowing anything about Apollo 13, jump on board our spaceship. Let's get ready. Yeah. And then you need to remind me the word sugarista at the end of this. Cause I have a comment to tell you <laughs> later. Sugarista. Yeah. Don't worry about okay. it. Go for uh, it. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's bear in mind. Yeah. My mind. Okay. And I had to learn a lot of science for this. Well. So some things you're not allowed to ask me questions about. Okay. You can feel free to, and I will say I plead the fifth. Okay. Because I there's a certain level of how much I could understand and the wick let me tell you the wikipedia article was getting hard to read so that's that's where i was okay honestly it was one of the hardest sources to read nasa has a really great article about it that was very simple to understand they taught me the topics before just like saying them sure makes sense yeah let us start on the day the afternoon of april 11th 1970 Great. It's funny that my last episode was 1970s too. I'm like stuck in a decade or something. <laughs> um, so the mission was launched from the Kennedy Space Station. Sorry, this not station. Kennedy Space Center. It's on Earth in True. Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. On board, we have three men destined for the moon. Apollo 13 would be the U.S.'s third trip to the moon. Mm-hmm. So previously we had Apollo 11, which is the famous one with, um, I think, Neil Armstrong and some others. Charles Lindbergh, perhaps? <laughs> Maybe. I don't really know. That also sounds like a pilot. No, I have him written down. I just don't know if he was on that oh, okay. one with me. He definitely was an astronaut. Okay, good. 
Good job. He's for sure. Yeah. Also Apollo 12, which is weirdly not talked about. I don't feel like. Charles could be on that one. He could <laughs> he could be <laughs> on that one too. So a little bit about the Apollo mission mm-hmm. project, because I don't want to talk about that too much, but just to give you an idea, because I didn't really know about it. It was U.S.'s project specifically destined for the moon so it kind of i think believe i don't know when it started i didn't get that far into it but it was numbered by the project numbers and so the first i believe four or five didn't even like make it off the earth they were just like testing and testing and then the later ones um like the middle numbers five through eight or whatever went out towards the moon orbited and then 11 was the first one to actually land touch so 11 and 12 and then now this is 13. what's weird about 13 is that it did not draw press or crowds whatsoever true is that shown yes that is a huge plot point that it's talked about with at the very beginning of how they're like well why should people watch like We've already beat China, so there's not a... Or Russia. We've already beat Russia. Whoever they were in. Whoever it was. Yes, it was that. They were like, no one's... Like, his wife almost didn't come to the launch. Because she's like, Mm -hmm. I've been there so many times. I know. Isn't that so weird? Mm -hmm. It's like... And it comes into play later, too. Okay. It happened the first time. And it was like... Huge. worldwide news yeah and then now everyone's just like oh yeah we can go to the moon now yep. 12 happened and it was successful so now 13's happening they're gonna go to the moon whatever it's kind yes. of like old news yes which i can't even imagine i guess now they probably do space launches and i don't even know about them or care but right i don't know it still is weird it's like the third one wouldn't someone want to see this on the news or something but yeah. no one was there yeah, so even at Mission Control, everything was calm. People were confident. Like, they were like, this is the third one. We've been successful both times. Smooth sailing, boys. Let's go. Yeah, they, like, started it by putting a white vest on the man who is the controller. The, like, giving okay. all the dirt, the flight director. So it was very, like, this is what we do now. And you already get mm-hmm. to wear this because it's going to be a successful a mission. And we know exactly what's going to happen. So manning this ship. Apollo 13, were Commander James Lovell. Mm-hmm. He goes by Jim. Jim. Okay. And a question I didn't Lavelle. know. Lavelle. Jim, I was like, Jim Lavelle. this could be said <clears throat> different ways. Well, and he's played by who? Tom Hanks. Okay. And they're in the Lavelle. South, so there's a little like Lavelle. Jim Lavelle. Like, oh, there's Jim a little Lavelle. draw to it, but like. Okay. <clears throat> Commander <throat> James Jim Lavelle. Uh, yeah. Then we have Lunar Module Pilot Fred Hayes. Yep. And that's played by? Probably Kevin. No, Squiggles. It's not probably Kevin Bacon. Kevin. That's it's, probably the other one. And it's one. not Gary. It's Bill Paxton. That's Bill Paxton. <laughs> Bill Paxton. <laughs> sorry, Bill Paxton. Sorry, Tommy. sir. We're sorry to you, and I'm... Really proud of you for being in this movie. And third on our ship, we have command module pilot Jack Swigert, a.k.a. And Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. A little bit about the ship itself. You heard me just say lunar module pilot and command module pilot. So there's two sections of the ship. There is the command module pilot, which is used for launch and the main 
like body of the ship used for like travel to and from the moon and mm-hmm. for re-entry. So right. it's like the stable one, the big, the hunker. Right. Can fit all the men comfortably. And the pilot of that is Jack Swigert, Kevin Bacon. And that's called the Odyssey. Yep. So then there's also the second part, which is the lunar module. They call that the LEM. The LEM? The LEM. The what? The lunar module. LEM. Oh, LEM. Okay. And that's piloted by Fred Hayes. That is used for landing on the moon, and it only fits two men because only two men are supposed to be on that while one stays in the Odyssey. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the LEM or lunar module is called Aquarius. Just they had names for them, so I thought that would be easier for us than saying. And that's what they use in the movie. Okay. Aquarius and Odyssey. Odyssey. Yeah. Love to see that. So Commander Lavelle. Mm-hmm. Is that how you yep. Okay. He was 42 at the time of launch, and he was the world's most seasoned astronaut. Previous to Apollo 13, Lavelle had completed three other space missions with a total of 572 space flight hours. Yeah. Which I mm-hmm. had to do the math. It's over 23 days in space. Was he coming in like Big McGee, I know everything? He ha- Well, not necessarily Big McGee, Competent. I know everything. But it was a very like, it was an experienced confidence of someone who's like, I've done this so many times. And he was not, in the movie, he was not originally supposed to be on the flight. So it was like a last minute decision that he got put on the flight. Interesting. Like towards the end. And so he he was supposed to be on Apollo 14 and then got bumped up to Apollo 13. And so that's a whole aspect of it where he's like super grateful and very, not super like, I know what's going on, but very like, we're going to do this thing. Okay. Of just the leader, like, the yeah. confident leader. Yes. And that, and I, okay. I don't know if he's from the South, but like I was saying, it's very like Jim Lavelle and that like confidence you get from like a. Uh, from like a good gym teacher. He, yeah. Yeah. Who's been there for <laughs> years. Yeah. And like. Has the track just a nice record. Man. Yeah. Yeah. And he's excited about it. teachers get a bad rap, but there are some good ones, I excited think. Excited about it, but it's never overwhelming excitement. Okay. Yeah. So most notably in his career, he had participated in Apollo 8, which was the first to circle the moon, mm. like I talked about earlier. Um, so that's a little bit about him. Now we have Fred Hayes, the pilot for the Aquarius. He was 36 at the time, and he had previously served as the backup pilot for this on apollo 8 and apollo 11 so he was like a standby before that he was a fighter pilot in the u.s marines and this would end up being his only mission to space yeah so finally we have jack swigert who was played by kevin bacon and he's 38 at the time he was initially the backup command pilot for this mission Mm -hmm. like you were saying earlier with the other one was it both of them in the movie So this guy was, Kevin Bacon was initially supposed to be the backup, but then he got bumped eight hours prior to launch. That was separate from Tom Hanks. Like Tom, once they just like, it must've just been an added plot point of like, maybe you'll be on this crew. And then it was like, oh, this person has to go do something else. So now you and your team are going to do this, but they still had time to do all the training. And then one of them got measles. Yes, specifically <laughs> German measles. Oh, didn't know that. I don't know why, what the difference of that is, but 
I just thought that was interesting that eight hours prior to launch, this guy was put in. And this would also be his only trip ever to space. It was definitely not eight hours prior in the movie. They had more time. Kevin Bacon, like, had time to train. Yeah, Kevin Bacon was the backup. So he was still, like, trained and, like... No, there was that, too. Ready? Yeah. Okay. But then he was just put in last minute. Yeah. Um, So essentially, we have one super veteran and two kind Mm. of newbies. Like, they've... They're trained, but they've never actually done it. Correct. So, launch, successful, beautiful. We're flying high in the sky. Everything's going well. Interesting then that you say launch is successful. <laughs> well, okay. There was one little part that I left out about, like, the communications failing. Mm. Is that what you're talking about? No, it was just the way it was in the movie. It was so violent. Like, I know it was successful, but, like, it was so, oh. like... There's just so much. You're like, how is this not breaking the ship? Like, how is this? Okay. Yeah. I forget about that point. Like, I didn't... In my in the research, it's all like, command. the launch is successful. So that's all I sure, read. Sure, sure. But I didn't experience the actual, like, three, two, one blast off vibration G-force of it all. Right. And I didn't either, technically. But in the movie, it's a very... It's a big, like, you see multiple perspectives of them going up, and you, like, see things ripping off the ship, like, as it's going up, and you're just like, is it going to go up? <laughs> is it going to work? Yeah. And it's just, like, shake, 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 yes. shake. Everything's shaking. So, like, that, yeah. up until, like, that whole time, I, as soon as they took off, I was, like, my heart. That started the visceral reaction Thumping. of, like, oh, my God. Mm. Because I, here's my spoiler. I had to look it up and see if people survive. Oh, mid-movie? Yeah. Okay. I was like, I can't watch this. I can't watch this unless I know. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, had to take a break and like, because it kept giving me like really fast heart palpitations and like the heebie-jeebies. I feel like I could, I was claustrophobic. I'm like, I'm, put your helmet on. Okay, anyway. Yeah. (laughs) So, okay. We're about to get to it. Sorry to spoil it, but that's what you're about to feel, hopefully. (laughs) Approximately 56 hours into the mission on April 13th. So they launched on April 11th. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was thinking, I'm like, they're in space. Do calendar years really, or calendar days really matter? It's like, I'm in space and there's, now it's April 13th. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. I'm I, like, when I I'm think... out here, I'm like, is time a calendar? I'm supposed to follow a calendar sure, in space? Sure, 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 Yeah. Baby. Um, so a mission controller on ground, probably the man you were talking about earlier, he sees a warning signal for a low pressure hydrogen tank in the Odyssey. Okay, the next line in my note says, explain hydrogen and oxygen. <laughs> Why did I do that to myself? Okay. Like the difference so, between or like... <clears throat> well, okay, so on board, there are... <laughs> I'm so mad at myself that I didn't write any of this down. I just said, explain it. God. Okay, so here we go. If you're a scientist or someone who specializes in Do not anything, literally skip. <laughs> literally skip. On board the uh, spacecraft, there are two titanium cylinders that are, they said, no bigger than like a car tire size. Okay. When they said car tire, I immediately can only picture a car tire. Uh-huh. So that is the shape and size that I'm going with. Yep. Two two of those on board um, the Odyssey and a smaller system on board the Aquarius. Got it. 
so these are filled with liquid oxygen. So it's like freezing cold liquid oxygen that is used to power the ship so the way they do this is they do like a chemical reaction with hydrogen (laughs) and as you know h2o hydrogen and oxygen make what good job water water Water. so (laughs) it makes water for them to first drink in like all their usable water so it's like a chemical reaction that generates fresh water. It also, that same water is used to like cool the machinery in the mm. plane. And then it's also, I couldn't tell if the water was used to actually power the ship, like give it energy, or if the chemical reaction with the two is what gave it that energy. Okay. You know what I mean? Yes. Either the water or the chemical reaction right. is used to actually power and generate the, the generators itself, for yeah. the ship. Exactly. So crucial. 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 Now, when this process occurs, there's also like a heating and cooling thing that happens because they need it to be a certain temperature, but not too hot, not too cold. So occasionally throughout the mission, the astronauts would need to do a, quote, cryo stir. Right. Is that something that... With the air, with like the... uh, hydrogen or oxygen tanks or something with the oxygen right so it there was something that went wrong it was not specifically with those it was like they had five engines and one of them was blinking like something was going wrong and they lost it and they're like can they do can they do the mission with four engines they're like yeah as long as they don't lose another one okay and then they're like that's our glitch for the mission for the trip, we're all good now. Mm-hmm. Well, little did they know. So about this cryoster. Yes. This was a process that literally like stirred and thermally churned up. Like they had yeah. like, um, I'm thinking of like a hot wand kind of thing yes. inside the tube that churned the oxygen so that it wouldn't solidify or whatever. Command in Houston saw this message of the low oxygen pressure they sent message back to the ship to say, hey, perform this cryoster procedure. Mm-hmm. Super common. They knew they were going to do this do at, it some, at point. some point. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, um, man, or what's it called? Um, routine. Yeah. So they thought nothing of it and Swigert flipped the switch. Moments later, the entire spacecraft violently shook and the men heard a huge explosion. The scariest part about that, I think, is that they are, they're like strapped at this point, I still think. Mm-hmm. Are they stationary? And so they can only oh. hear the explosion. Well, they can't. No. They're free? Because in the movie, they do like a whole broadcast. Oh, yeah. I kind of skipped that part. They. When then it is ignored, like it doesn't get broadcasted. Right. It's like a routine thing that all yeah. the space missions had done was do a. Uh, broadcast to news stations yeah being like here we are but we're they in didn't space. show it yeah but it did not get picked up by a news right. station so sad but it will be soon it will be on the news very soon so this explosion happens and they can't really see anything that's happening they just hear this explosion yeah and this is what did happen so little did anyone know 18 months ago 
one of these titanium oxygen tanks had a little mishap during production in an assembly line. So I'm interested to see what you're shaking your head. Yes, I have two stories that I saw that were um, proposed things that happened to the tank. So one of which was that in the literal assembly line, it just fell off the assembly line approximately five centimeters and ended up giving it like a micro abrasion in the interior of the oxygen tank. Mm -hmm. The other story, which I could definitely see that, the other story was that it was one that had been used before and just had like wear and tear on the interior side. Mm. Do they show anything with like what's going on? They don't talk about that till the end of the movie. But they are able to like kind of look out the window and I think Fred is like, I see we're leaking something, but I don't know what. Because they think it's okay, still attached yes. at first. Yep. Or it is attached. Yep. yep. We'll get to that part. Yeah. Um, so what basically, whichever one of those is true, yeah. the ending was the same. There was an interior micro abrasion right. in the inside of the tank. So there is like the outside. <laughs> then there's right below that. There is like wiring and like electrical equipment and stuff for mm-hmm. like the heating and cooling. And then there's the interior shell and then the actual oxygen. Yeah. So the oxygen is not supposed to touch the interior wiring. But with this little crack, it does. And it wasn't really a problem until they did the thermal turn. That's exactly what they showed. And it really sparked it. Yep. They literally, they like show him hit the button and then they show you what's happening. They like do a zoom in of what's happening inside the Inside the tank? Yeah. Okay. I love that. Yeah. I was really, when I... I had to teach myself all this and I was like, it's actually kind of interesting when you think about it, like the churn and then just that little small crack, just bam. Yep. So um, when the heated oxygen was exposed to the wiring, boom.com, the entire oxygen tank was ripped apart and damaged the second oxygen tank, which was right next to it. I'm like, why would you put it right next to it? Um, The explosion also damaged the outer walls of the Odyssey, exposing it to literal space. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I put, why am I getting chills? I'm getting chills a little bit right now. Because what my specific thing was like the vastness, yet the like, it's, it has like a kind of encroaching feeling where it's It's just like trying to get in, trying to get it. It's so scary. Yeah. I just spooked myself out a little bit. Oh. Um, okay, so up in the cockpit, I don't know, is that what it's called? The where cockpit? Sure. Yeah, the the cabin maybe. Yeah. Immediately after the explosion, alarms, alerts, and alarms go wild. So remember, they don't know all of that explosion talk that I just told you. They yeah. just heard an explosion, and then it's like bink, 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 bink. And they we're say, going down. Houston, we have a problem. Oh my God! I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, seven different alert systems are going off and something this is something that they had never seen before yeah because each of the alerts were rigged to one system of the ship so maybe Mm -hmm. one or two are going off because low oxygen which that means like okay maybe our power is a little bit low but all of these going off is like multiple systems on the aircraft are all failing at once yeah okay (laughs) breathe zach breathe zach and not to mention, they were nearly 200,000 miles from Earth. Yep. 
So oxygen pressures begin to dramatically fall and power on the craft immediately disappears. The crew immediately notifies Mission Control, who had gotten the same alarms going off, and Swigert says, quote, Houston, we've had a problem. End quote. Gagged. And that's why I picked this case, because the quote in the movie is wrong, and then it remind it everyone just thinks that's the quote which is houston we have have a problem problem. i'm glad that you didn't see that in your research because i wanted to gag you with that isn't that kind of wild it's like a very little change but the script screenwriter for the movie said that he did it on purpose because it the way that it's actually said is in past tense and it doesn't give as much dramatic like we have it right now as opposed to like our problem is happening Houston, we've had a problem. Yeah. And it's also like Swigert is addressing the explosion. We've had one. And in the movie, it's more like it's happening right now. We need yeah. help. It's kind of funny, but it's a big. It, it's it changes funny that the, it went down in history as like a famous movie quote. And it's, and it's incorrect. What happened. Right. Right. I feel like that's the impetus for you wanting to do this podcast. Yeah, it's exactly (laughs) one of those moments of, like, you thought you knew. Yeah. And it's just a small little thing, but it's cool to know the actual. And it's just a little fact you can pull out when you're on a first date or something. I don't know. I guess you don't go on first dates. You're married. Okay, so moving on to space and not to us. (laughs) Still, no one knows what's going on. It's just disaster some at mission control even think that it's just a malfunction in the spacecraft instruments for less than 15 minutes after the explosion or i said that weird but there was 15 minutes of like discussion like is this even they can't all fail at once this has never happened before it's just like the system's being weird and registering a malfunction when it's actually not yeah that's what they thought in the movie as well at first they're like, this can't be happening. They're like, it's just no, not happening. I've never seen this. What? We know how to do this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just in total denial. As these men are have no power in space. Oh, my God. So, Lav- Lav- I keep saying it wrong. Lavelle. Lavelle. I just have to. Lavelle. It's like Patty Lavelle, the- but Lavelle. <sighs> Lavelle. I love Lavelle. you for that. I'll never forget. Lavelle. Okay. Is heard over communication saying, quote, we are venting something out into the dot 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 into space it's gas of some sort end quote and so now they're beginning to piece things together and they figured out it's oxygen because without the oxygen and the water that it creates that's why the spacecraft is losing power and they're breathing oxygen and all of their backup safety features so the only remaining source of power to restart these systems that they need to actually live were three re-entry batteries that were only meant to be used in the last two hours of the mission to power the spacecraft to get home. So, enter to the day. What? Enter to save the day. The Aquarius. Remember, I talked about her earlier? The Mm -hmm. lunar module. So, again, this is only supposed to be used to land on the moon and only for those, like, short period of time to operate. It's usually just, like, a tag-along buddy. Oh, I know. That was a sidecar, if you will. That was a big argument. 
about the Aquarius. There was they're like, well, they need they're gonna have to land in the Aquarius, and the people who designed it were like, well, we only designed it to land on the moon. And they're like, well, yeah, right, that's what you intended, but that's not. But that's what's not what's happening. gonna happen. That's not baby. what's happening anymore. So figure it <laughs> out. Make it. This is not Apollo Eleven. This is not a smooth sailing ship. This is thirteen, and we should have known. Yeah, unlucky number 13. Don't, come on, my family. <laughs> Are you going to explain that or just leave it at that? My family. Just leave she has a lucky number 13 with her family or something. I don't, don't really know. Come on. <laughs> Moving on. Okay. So it did have power even after the explosion, the Aquarius. But it was only supposed to be used for the moon, like we just said. So it certainly wasn't not happening anymore meaning the moon landing that's the last thing on their mind they're trying to get back safely well not some people's minds tom hanks was pretty what? upset about that he, he was wanted like, to still go well not that he wanted to still go but there was a quote of him saying you just lost the moon and i'm like yeah but if you're gonna save mm. yourself Come on. Yeah, this is not. Yeah, this isn't. This turns a survival that. mission. We're past yeah, that. We're past he fantasizes that. about the moon for a while. Ugh, Laval, Tom Hanks. I know. I, yeah. What am I doing? Judging him sitting on my bed right now, all comfy on Earth. On Earth. What am I doing? On literal Earth. Okay. Laval and Hayes make their way into the Aquarius and begin to power it up to see is this even an option to make their way home. Oh, did I also forget to mention, the Aquarius does not have a heat shield, so it's not able to survive the atmosphere when it comes back into Earth. They mentioned a lot about the heat. The heat shield becomes, it's a big thing. Yeah. But you're saying they don't have one? Not on the aquarius the lunar module because it's only intended to land on the moon it's never supposed to be part of that okay entry except at the back okay but the odyssey does right but it doesn't have power right swigert stays behind in the odyssey to shut down its systems and conserve what little power they had for a quote splashdown which is literally where they just crash down into the ocean when they come back at Mission Control, they're trying to create a s- new plan to get back home. I don't know how many people, I guess you can say how many people it looked like were working on it, but like tens of hundreds? hundreds? Yeah, like 70 or 80 different te- people, 70 or 80 people with different teams doing different aspects of these are the people trying to get them to land. These are the people getting them the power to be able to land. These are the people trying to make sure that they don't die from other things. Okay, I love that. It's that's was an overall theme in the whole thing was like everyone working together to get these people home. Yes. And at this point is when it starts to make news coverage. And yeah. only until there's this tragedy is when people start to care and be like, oh my gosh, what's happening up there? Correct. Which I don't blame them. I would honestly be the exact same way. I am. Like, I wouldn't probably care about a space launch until it <laughs> something went wrong, which is bad. Like, if we went to Mars, I would be like, whoa. But then, it, like, would the third time we went to Mars, would I care? Probably not. Okay, sympathizer. <laughs> this is the rescue mission that they had designed. 
Right. So it had the men essentially floating around the moon using no power and using the moon's gravity to make the curve around the moon and then powering up at a very specific moment with their things, whatever, boosters pointed in a certain way to push them towards the moon Mm -hmm. so that they could then turn off the power again and just float back towards the moon. Is that what they came up with in the Back movie? towards the moon again? Oh, sorry. <laughs> back, towards, <laughs> back towards Earth. Back towards Earth. I was like, wait, a specific point in the power back towards the moon. Wait, they're saying a map? No, Earth. Okay. They said go back to the moon. Yeah, they push, they boost, sorry, back to the moon. Yes, that is what happens. And now that makes sense because I was like, why are they... They're just floating in the dark for a while, but that makes sense that yeah. they have to go around the entire moon first. Yeah, because the way they're going, they w- they're floating slow and just like using no power so that when they go en- close to the moon, they enter its gravity yep. orbit and just kind of slingshot around them, boost and shoot right back to Earth. Yeah. These men are now shoved into the Aquarius because the Odyssey is shut down and freezing cold. Yes. And... The Aquarius, again, is meant for two people, not three. So these men are shoved in there. Is it claustrophobic moment in the movie? How shoved are they? I mean, they're tight, but it it looks like as tight as they were when they were sitting in their chairs, like at the start. Uh Uh-huh. If that makes sense. Um, They did exactly this plan, and it was working according to plan. They boosted. They shot back towards Earth. Um, immediately after the boost, the men had to power down every non-essential system in the spacecraft. Temperatures inside the cabin reached cl- down close to freezing, uh, making some food hard to even eat because it was so cold. Mm. And they were, there was a quote saying that it felt like they were just like sitting in a refrigerator. Yeah, and they were running they were out cold. of like bags to put their like bodily functions oh, in. Really. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that. Or Oof. they, well, they were that, and then like they weren't. They had to stop using power to like get rid of it because they would just shoot it out into the space. Space when yeah, yeah. you just. I guess shoot, that's what you do. You just shoot your pee out. I did write. <laughs> I did write down. I didn't need to see Tom Hanks pee in space, but okay. <laughs> they showed that. Yes. It was probably a real thing that happened. I know, but come on. So the men were also even forced to ration their water because the water that was needed or the the water that they had was needed to cool down the equipment for the Aquarius to actually keep it running and not to kill them. So imagine the moment of like, oh, no, I drink too much water. So now we're dying in space. (laughs) That one really freaked me out. So on their slow float home. Mission Control realized one small issue. Carbon dioxide, a.k.a. CO2, was filling the spacecraft. Yes. That's correct. Which basically, my only knowledge of CO2 is that you breathe in oxygen, you breathe out CO2, and you can't breathe back CO2. Back in CO2, yeah. You take all the good stuff from it. Which is what they were worried about, Mm -hmm. was that it would impair your ability to make decisions to count things correctly to do things accurately you could get delirious for re-entry yes so that was a big concern 
Okay, so I was also a little bit confused, so maybe you can talk us through this part of the movie, but okay. it was like an issue with like the connectors? Yes. Or something with like hoses? So essentially- I couldn't f- really understand. The filters that they had, they're now inside of the- Aquarius. Aquarius were built for- The Odyssey. Odyssey. And they, okay. the filters- are like rectangular and the hole yep. is circular. Okay. So the filters when I got they to that have part, just... I was like, is this really just like square peg round hole situation? 100%. So then you see this whole scene of the people that are the uh, engineers, I guess. They're like, this is mm-hmm. what they have on the aircraft. You need to make this fit into this. Do it. Yes. Yes. And instructions. They create a temporary connection to hook up the carbon dioxide filters made out of a piece of cardboard, a plastic bag, a hose from a pressure suit, duct tape, and a sock. Yeah. To connect from the command module carbon dioxide scrubbers. Basically, mm-hmm. the filters to get it out of the air. Yep. Amazing. Yes. Did they have, were those specific pieces of um, what I just listed what they used? Pretty much, yes. It was just like kind of trash items. Yes. And at one point they're like, we ripped the bag. They're like, what do we do? They ripped the bag. What do they do? They're like, there should be one more on the oh my God. craft. Yeah. What general, what's the tension level throughout the movie? Tens? tens yes. Tens, and, tens. A, and Kevin Bacon's the outsider because he was not training with them. Yep. And he's the one who pressed the button to jostle the... Oh, is there like some guilt put on him? He feels it, but he's like, that was routine that we would have done it anyway. Because Fred tries to be a little like, well. Peacemaker? You rustled. No, Fred's like, you rustled the tanks. And he's like, well, I would have had to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it was routine. Yeah. If he didn't do it, one of the other two would have done it. And then when you said that there was only enough oxygen for two people in Aquarius. Aquarius, yeah. They actually made that into something where Fred had to do the math to figure out how much oxygen they... They didn't know how much oxygen they needed in the Aquarius. And he only Mm -hmm. does the equation for two people instead of three. Like, he forgot... He he forgets about Jack. Yeah. So then when they're like, why are we running out of oxygen? I thought you said this was... Like, why are we running out? You said we had enough. He was like, I only did the calculations for two people. And then they Dude, like what hit. The heck? Yeah. So there's that. I don't think that's what actually okay. happened because you're saying they already knew it was too. Yeah. Well, maybe were... like in a lot of my research, I didn't, you know, honestly, what's his name? Jim Lavelle wrote a book about this. I didn't have time to read it, but sure. the book is what the movie is mainly based on okay. from what I've seen. So in my research, I found a lot of facts about what happened and the conditions they went through. Mm. I didn't see a lot of like their relationships. their relationships. Yeah. So I can't speak to that or against it, honestly. Sure. But I, I, there had to have been some tension. And I certainly imagine someone being like, well, you're the one who flipped the switch. Well, and he just didn't train. Like he was training with a different team because he was an yeah. essentially understudy yeah. for those theater people like us. <laughs> exactly he was like and of then course he had a put it was in. the guy who was the put in yeah who fucked this all up 
Right. So there's that aspect of it. And they're not getting a lot of interaction from home, the home base station because they don't have power until specific times. Like you said, they're waiting. Yeah. They have to conserve the energy. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the movie, the guy who was supposed to be originally on the flight with them has been asked to come in and is doing all these things on the ship of like, how can you get them into reentry with this much power? So like, he's kind of, he's, I, they probably made, I don't know if that's true or not. If yeah, he was in charge of sure. that. That's but, cool though. Yeah. So he was the one like on the ship cause he would have been with them doing all yeah. of that anyway. And they give him the conditions that they have. And he keeps doing all these practice reentries and, failures and your over energy oh. and so that's also happening the whole time that they're in okay. space they figured out the carbon dioxide situation right. and now the crew is beginning to enter the earth's atmosphere yes and remember no heat shield on right. the aquarius so the men are having now to crawl and cramble back is cramble a word scramble cramble? is but cramble isn't really Cramble? Cramble? You know, like, if you're, like, trying to, like, army crawl through a really small tunnel, cramble. Scramble. (laughs) I'm keeping it. They were crawling and crambling back into the Odyssey, which was frozen baby, frozen solid. Okay, yeah. Because it had no power and space is cold. Right. I thought I said that off the cuff, but I wrote that part in my notes, but I didn't look at it before reading it. I just thought the same exact thought while I was writing it and while I was saying it to you right now. So next up is the Odyssey had honestly a very likely chance of short-circuiting or literally blowing up reprise when the powering up happened because it was so cold that the electric things could just like short circuit and spark boom they they showed there being like condensation on a lot of things Mm. inside liquid yeah it was still cold but there was a it was not cold enough that it was fully frozen in the movie it was liquid dripping so you're like which is kind of worse you're like can i touch this power button which is exactly what kevin bacon said he was like is Am I going to get electrocuted? And they're like, yeah, it's possible. Yeah. Everyone like (laughs) the people on board, even mission control were like, this is a part of the mission we can't control. Yeah. So this is very possible. But their only way home is the Odyssey. They have to be inside that ship. They can't be in the other one. They will literally burn up and die. So they're just like, okay, mission control counted them down. Three, two, one. And then silence. For a full, literal minute from Mission Control, they couldn't hear anything from the spaceship while it was powering up or maybe exploding. Then, I can't imagine, a full minute. Then finally, Swigert is heard telling Control that the craft has started power again using the last three of the re-entry batteries. Mm-hmm. So that part, great. And now they're great. on a smooth, smooth trip home, right? No, just no. one more thing had to go bad. Just one more well, thing. Well, they forgot something, didn't they? What? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're going to say. Say it. Moon rocks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
moon rocks i have i did not think that's what you were gonna <laughs> okay, say okay so what, what went wrong mean? well do you want to say what what actually went wrong <laughs> or do you want me to say moon what rocks. i'm gonna say please go on i need to know about <laughs> okay the moon rocks. they're like getting ready to come in and they're like wait they're off course somehow how are they off course they're coming in too steep they're like we thought they would be re-entering with rocks from the moon. So we accounted for the weight of what the ship was supposed oh. to be as opposed to what it is when it's just three bodies. So in the movie, that was a whole, that was like the last thing they had to, <laughs> the moon rocks. Like all, I say it like that because all of a sudden one of the characters went, moon rocks. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I, I feel like. Moon rocks. Okay. I did not see anything about that. It oh. certainly could have happened, but <laughs> not what I saw. Okay. Moon rocks. I love that. <laughs> I was like, did she just say moon rocks to me? Um, okay. So they were planning to land off the coast of New Zealand. Mm-hmm to do their splashdown thing. So finally they're back in the Odyssey and the crew was able to expect or inspect more of the damage. Just as they are soaring closer to the earth, the Vel, he looks out the window and sees something on the spacecraft that brings chills down his spine. He says, quote to command, there's a whole side of the spacecraft missing. Did that happen in the movie? Yes, after they got inside the Odyssey again, they like released the Lem Aquarius. Yeah. Okay. They like got rid of it from their ship, and that's okay. when they saw what had happened. They're like, "Oh, we're missing oh. an entire side of the spaceship." Oh, okay. So it okay, wasn't that makes sense quite too. like as they were coming back in. It was before the chaos oh. of start okay. that. So. Okay, so what it sounds like happened was that as they're re-entering, they were able, maybe it's because they released that, or I was also thinking because it's like brighter than space, they're able to see more, literally. And they had realized that the explosion had actually ripped off a side of the spacecraft, which they hadn't known previously. Yeah. And then everyone together realized at the same time, Mission Control and the people, what if our heat shield is broken by this because the heat shield like goes on the perimeter of the spacecraft. And what if this part being off of it makes the system fail? Yeah. I have the word heat shield. I wrote it so many times. Heat shield. What the heat shield fails. What happens if the heat shield fails? (laughs) Everyone's freaking out. Yeah. But yeah, that was the heat shield. And his wife is like, how will we know if, if they've survived? They're like, well, takes longer than three minutes. Then we'll know. After waiting, like, days for their return. Yeah. Can you imagine just being, like, my loved one is out in space. Hopefully they return. They do a couple. I don't know how much you found about Marilyn or if you found anything about her, but they show his wife, Marilyn. No, I didn't. There's press camped on their lawn and just, like, trucks and people. And every time she leaves asking for quotes or how she feels. And and one of them, she responds, you can ask my husband that question when he comes home on Friday. Mm-hmm. She had faith. Yeah. So while they're panicking about the heat shield, heat shield, over Mm -hmm. communications, Swigert says, quote, 
I know all of us here want to thank all you guys down there for the very fine job you did. Basically being like saying his goodbyes and thanking them for trying to get them home. Lavelle seconds this, and then came the static of the re-entry communications blackout. So apparently at some point when the re-entry gets really crazy in G4C, the communications don't work, and they know this. It's a planned thing. Um, so they just had to like hope and have those three minutes of waiting to see if their husband or whoever survives. So for once in this effing mission, everything works and they land into the ocean off the coast of New Zealand just moments later um, after the communication blackout. All three of the men survived this six day mission into space. And contrary to the beginning of the mission, the entire world was watching and congratulating the crew on their safe return. Mm -hmm. It turned into like worldwide news. Yeah, it has Tom Hanks. Can you imagine? It's like a survival story from space. Yeah, he's like, hello, Houston. This is Odyssey. It's good to see you again. (sighs) That's what they have him saying when they land. I love that. Yeah. You know, they go on to, I said, Lavelle, he wrote a book, and they all went on to not, like, ever go back to space, but still had, like, thriving careers from this. And I hope they, like, just took it easy. The end of the movie, it says a damaged coil installed two years prior was the cause of everything. Mm. So that's a damaged the re- coil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, the wiring, exposed wiring. Yeah. Yes, and that is the true story of the Apollo 13 mission and its surviving crew. <sighs> and to imagine, I thought this was just going to be like a... My intention of picking this movie was yay at space and yay, it's a happy kind of biographical like feat. Yay, they go to the moon. Congratulations. That's what I thought I was picking. Boy. And I knew the fact about Houston, we have a problem. We've had a problem. If you Okay, but if you know the fact about Houston, we have had a problem, what would make you think <laughs> yay space? <laughs> we landed on the moon. I thought, well, you know. Like, like a little, like, like a problem on a the moon? A tiny problem. We have a problem. I forgot to pack some underwear. Houston, we have a pro- <laughs> we have a problem. I it's really cold up here. Something minor like that. Well, it was so that, really cold up there eventually. I don't know. I, I feel like I I knew the fact that it was a misremembered quote more than I actually thought about what, what the, quote the quote means in the context of the movie. in the context of the whole mission. Yes, sure. Yes, I was like sure. at some point they say the quote wrong. I didn't really understand that it was going to be a whole fighting for our life. We have to make a makeshift thing so we can even breathe oxygen situation. Yeah. Now that you've heard the story and you've watched the movie, you're almost an Apollo 13 expert. Yeah. Do you believe that the movie is based, biased, or BS for our namesake of the pod? It's a little bit hard for me because... I do think it is based, but I feel like it is a little biased. <laughs> okay. But a lab. Over, no, 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 no. As I said out loud, it's based. It's based. It's what based. happened. It tells what happened. It accurately portrays the, as much as I could tell, it accurately portrays what happens up in space. Like a certain aspect that I didn't get any of was the visceral feeling of space, which I feel like you got a lot of. 100%. And in 
talking about the movie, realizing how much I was not distracted by the fact that they were in space. And this movie was made in the 1990s. Yeah. And it still wasn't distracting. And I probably because that of filming in a reduced gravity aircraft. Yeah. It's, it feels like they tried to replicate it. Yeah. But if you ask my sugarista, she'll say, we all know that's fake. <laughs> we wait what did you just if you ask my sugarista first of all what's that and then what's the second part she i told her that i had watched the movie apollo 13 and she goes oh well we uh-huh. all know that's fake <laughs> <laughs> that's fake i was like what wait what do you what's fake about it like, yeah, it's a movie. It's not the actual documentary, but like... We all know that's fake. We landed on the moon. We did it. I'm not going to let up... What's a sugary... <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> um. Well, some people get waxes and some people get sugared. Oh. Oh. <laughs> some people if you get... want to know what that is, look it up. Yeah. It's just a hair removal thing. But I was really picturing like a little sugar fairy. <laughs> like I was like, did she go into like a, a a candy store and there was like an employee that they have to call no. themselves sugaristas? No. <laughs> it's like barista, but for sugar. Literally, that's exactly where it was. I was like, what is this sugarista? <laughs> sugarista barista. <laughs> um, uh, okay. I think I agree with you. I think it is based. Base. It feels based from what you said. Like I felt like I got the second half of the story hearing your descriptions of the feelings of the people inside yeah and kind of amazing they all survived i know that's why i had to look it up i was certain (laughs) someone was gonna die and i have a couple times where i wrote f you decker why are you making me watch this this is not my kind of movie (laughs) 32 minutes in and i'm having heart palpitations like i didn't know i didn't know obviously there will be worse ones though i know but your next one won't be. Okay, let's hear it. Are you ready? It is. Yeah. What's our topic for next week? American Hustle. American Hustle. I think I've seen it. But it came out a while ago. Yeah, it was like 2013 or something like that. Okay. Almost Um, 10 years ago. I'll I'll keep it a secret. But I do have a personal story about this movie connection yeah um well thanks for hanging out thanks for taking a yeah. trip to space i'm glad we all made it back home safely <sighs> yeah Take wear a your helmets big, deep breath there. of oxygen yeah if any day to breathe oxygen let it be today <laughs> did one. you just take a big deep breath yeah it was a good one fresh <laughs> savor that o2 or just oh i think okay we should leave yeah i don't know what you're saying <laughs> Okay. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Charles could be on Apollo 12. No, when you said Kevin Spacey, I died. How come I couldn't see it when I wrote it out so many times? My brain saw the C in Spacey and was like, bacon.
<laughs> Kevin Bacon. Wait, it is Kevin Bacon, right? It is Kevin Bacon, but Kevin Spacey okay. is the one who won, but it has nothing to do with anything. Oh, <laughs> Kevin Spacey was the one who won. Yes! <laughs> it has nothing to do with anything. Nothing to do with Apollo 13. <laughs> Just that's the person who lost Yeah. It. 